0: Welcome back to the Zerk Coffee and Chaos podcast, the show where we will talk about anything and everything relating to what it means to be a survivalist and a prepared individual in today's society. I'm your host, Chris Bartigone, ZP002, for those of you in the know, and my co-host, Jamie Franks, Jamie, X739Delta, welcome back to the show.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here because uh, I've been on life support since our last recording. Like right, pretty much right after we recorded the last episode um like i got hit with like a hammer with this uh cold that's why i sound like i do right now Maybe and so. look like i do right now yeah um as i like to say i for the last week i've felt like i got eaten by a coyote and shit off a cliff oh my. so i'm oh my i'm goodness. glad to be back upright and and coherent and i've uh, i've actually not taken any cold medicine today to okay. to see how how i feel it at my baseline yeah. so uh, I think I'm finally at the point where I'm getting over it, but I'm much better happy to be here. What are we? Uh, what's the count? Uh, five more days until Hans falls that's, off of that is right.
0: Nakatomi. Yep. Uh, yeah. And uh, that. five more days until the uh, the social media posts about the disturbance at the Nakatomi Plaza <laughs> pop up, which are always, right. always great to see. Um, Gunshots well, heard. Gunshots heard at Nakatomi Plaza. Um well, man, that is uh, that's that's never fun getting getting that that sickness that ick, um, yeah, it's it's never a good time. Um, fortunately, we have remained somewhat upright this year with no issues, yep. and hopefully, we are going to knock on wood that we will make it through the rest of this year uh, without any kind of situation happening. So, yeah,
1: it, it is never a good time, and I mean that's that's yeah. also not not to not to beat a dead horse i was about to say beat a dead drum uh but it, it there is never a good time to get sick i mean I, i'm glad i got it kind of if i was going to get it got it when i did so i should be over it by uh by christmas by the time santa comes down the chimney yeah. but um that that is also something to factor into your survival plan a little bit like you know what what are you going to do if you get sick you, you know or do you have uh cold medicine and pseudofed and benadryl and that kind of stuff in your in your go bag um, because yeah. it's, it's never fun, especially when you're on your own. I mean, um, yeah. survival and, and prepping and, and all that kind of stuff is, is hard enough as is, but it's even harder when you, you know, feel like a, a hammered turd because oh, yeah. you're sick. Definitely. Um, it's funny. And also like, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to one thing I've noticed since COVID, um, because everybody was like locked down and isolated for so long like the first couple of like just colds that i had after covid like hit me like a hammer um and then i've noticed since then like, the colds kind of hit me, I think, harder than they used to, but I get over them quicker. So it's, there's something weird going on yeah. with just regular seasonal colds uh, yeah. post-COVID. I,
0: every, you know, so you just brought up a good point. I, and I just go back to that the, it was a scene in a movie, and we talk, we reference them a lot, but it was a scene in 13 Hours um, where they were heading to the annex, and I remember they, they were all rolling out as QRF, and <laughs> John Krasinski's character is like, oh, oh, no. I don't have my contact. We can't go. We can't go. And like, you know, the guy, I mean, it was a joke and whatnot, but you know, now
1: he was serious. It was like a little comic relief, but he was serious. I mean,
0: and yeah, he might've been serious, but at the end of the day, you it's, you know, figure that shit out because we're going, we're not, we're not turning around. You know, um, if we're, if you're in a survival situation and you have got a cough, buck up it's it you know there is no time to uh to kind of lay down and and get some rest i mean getting rest is important obviously we're not there i'm glad you were able to hopefully get some rest and and glad to hear that you are on the mend um last
1: weekend i barely got off of my couch like that i was like glued to my couch for two and a half days there there are
0: definitely times for that as well um yeah And so this week's episode is kind of leave the world behind or be prepared to live in it, part two, Um, and that was what the last week's episode was titled, leave the world behind or be prepared to live in it, Uh, and I, I know that when we left last week's episode, we were trying not to give spoilers. Um, Guys, if you haven't seen it by now, then, you know, spoilers are ahead and we are going to dive into some of the situations in the movie and kind of uh, correlate them to real life situations. Um, But obviously that requires us to talk about some details in the movie. I did watch it again last night and I will say that I had the notebook out and this time I actually took notes because there were some things that I wanted to, to jot down specifically the conversation that she had, that Julie Roberts character has at the beginning. I, and I think that it sets the tone and it's, there's some, there's some important things right off the bat. And she's talking about looking out the window and, and seeing the people getting out there and doing what they can to make the world better. And then she's like, but then I realized what the world really is. And I fucking hate people. And there's a lot to kind of unwrap there. Um, You know, people will will send you pictures of, of a beautiful sunset or a sunrise and, and it's, and it's cannon fodder for the most part. Right. I mean, what's happening across the country right now based off what's happening overseas is, is just, it's disgusting. Um, and that brief moment of beauty that's noticed or whatnot at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's designed or it's there to distract you from what is really happening. And I think that was her point. Like, yeah, okay. They're out there trying to better themselves, better the world, but the world is just a shit show. I mean, for the lack of, better yeah. Terms. And, and
1: she, she ties it all together really nicely. And I, and, and the, she's, she's speaking. To, I've seen the movie three times now and I can't recall character names that all that well, but, um, Clint, Clint. The, 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 the teenage girl. Oh, that yeah. The, um, yeah.
0: Her, the daughter. Yes. Rose. Yeah. I think it's Rose.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, when they're in the little shack towards the end of the movie she kind of ties it all together and, and kind of says uh you know it's kind of the narcissism of of Americans uh she doesn't phrase it that way but she talks about how you know in our own minds or in a lot of people's minds you think you're changing the world because you're using a paper straw instead of a plastic straw but right. you know and like I and she, and she goes a lot deeper than that and everything she says I, I actually uh, agree with as well and it just earlier this week, I saw a article because all this, you know, climate change stuff, you know, constantly comes back around. Right. And. Over the last, I think I saw something that says like since 2013, um, the United States has reduced our carbon emissions by like 10% or something like that. But the rest of the world, like India and China and Russia, like they have gone up like 500%. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of what you're saying, and kind of what Julia Roberts's character is going after is is we're and they say it in the Matrix too. You know, humans are a parasite on on the planet, and our narcissism of thinking we're using a paper straw um, is not even a, a drop of bucket or a spit in the ocean as compared to the the negative that's being done by the rest of the world. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio driving his Prius is not going to save the world. No, and no. and and the chickens are going to come home to roost at some point, whether it's in our lifetime or not, but.
0: Right. And, and, you know, and her character does go from one end of the spectrum of me enjoying what she's talking about to the other end where she's just like, okay, you know, enough. Um, But I I noticed that. And, and again, there was, it just made me realize like, okay, great. I mean, I'm guilty myself. I'll snap a picture Mm -hmm. of a, of, of something that I think is beautiful. Or is a wild looking image. And then you realize, oh yeah, but if you look a little bit closer, it there's probably trash all over the ground, right underneath this. And that's one of the scenes that they show you. Okay, so they get to this beautiful house, great, whatnot. Then they go to the beach, right? One of the things that I'm, so rewatching this movie I what I noticed is the cinematography in it is pretty amazing and it's awesome the way that they do it's things it's very calculated it is well. very calculated so everything is very deliberate right so when they get and we'll get to that in a second so one of the things I noticed as soon as they came in the front door of the house there was a giant window to the right and to the left of the front door okay and we talked about the front door opening mm-hmm. but um when they get to the beach, right? They show up. There's this beautiful beach. They show this ocean, beautiful beach. That tanker is off in the distance, but this beautiful beach. And then the first close up shot that they get to is all of the trash on the beach. Did you mm-hmm. notice that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, again, it goes back. I don't know if they're doing it subliminally, but they are, they're just reinforcing kind of what she said. Um, to me, anyway, that and this is all my take on it. So you know, uh, I know that I would love to hear people, other people's take, uh, and I'm sure Jamie would enjoy that as well. So if you are yeah, for listening sure. to part two of this, and and if you listened to part one, went watched the movie, and now part two, I would love to hear some feedback. Head down into the comments here, and uh, as always, this episode is being streamed on YouTube. So if you are listening to this on Spotify or Apple podcasts, head over to the YouTube channel and like, and subscribe and hit the bell. So you get notified when we do put these episodes up. Um, as always episodes are, uh, published on every third, on a Thursday of, of every single week. So just that little disclaimer in there. Um, and what stuck out to me again was the, she noticed some, she she made some comment about the wifi password and she, she stated what kind of wifi it was. And, and yeah. she had said something about, he was probably in some kind of cybersecurity thing, which I thought was awkward at first, but some things to note when they first get there, the TV is working um yep. I don't know that the Wi-Fi is because she the the daughter never goes back to to watch friends they go to the pool and they go outside yep. and, and play
1: and he's watching a baseball game he is watching a baseball game so that's that could just be like television antenna not necessarily Wi-Fi or satellite or anything like that true
0: yeah, yeah it could be just local cable um yeah it, it's obviously it's it's very clear in the movie that it is New York City and that it is yep. Long Island, um, and then that whole thing was obviously about the house, right? Then they go to the beach. It is what it is on the beach, right? They watch the the, the tanker roll in, and there's been some. Have you watched any of the? like the explainers or the videos have you have you seen anybody talking about it uh so i kind of started to go down
1: that route a little bit but the stuff i kept seeing was like you know because i'm sure we'll get to it but there's a scene where all the teslas are like driving themselves away from the dealerships and on their little tesla autopilot mode and they're all crashing Right. Um, and, like, so I, I kept seeing stuff like, oh, well, that wouldn't really happen because a Tesla would need 230 hours of direct sunlight to be able to fully charge, to be able to blah, blah, blah. Like, it was just people, like, yeah. poking holes in, in all the technological kind of uh, yeah. Yeah, cybersecurity that- tech yep. stuff. Like, oh, satellites don't work that way, and this doesn't do that. And so I just... It seemed like a rabbit hole to nowhere, and and so I just I looked at a couple things, and that's that's not how I wanted to break this movie down. So yep. I didn't want to be like, well, that would never happen. That yeah, guy no, shot fourteen uh, bullets uh, out of the gun. Like I that I didn't want this to be that. So. Exactly.
0: So um, but one of the things I noticed is you know the the name of the tanker, and whether they do it, it's it's white lion, right? And then, white lion. yep. Yeah, and then people were going on and and they were searching white lion songs and there's one called i don't know when the children sleep or something like that and again
1: when the children cry when the
0: children cry there it is um and there there, there's some lyrics in there that they're like okay and the lyrics kind of sync up to some of the stuff happening in the movie it is what it is but as they're leaving the beach they talk to the police officer and again we stated this last week the police officer tells them that there was some reports of this happening the drive home is what is what just blows my mind and this was going back to what you were saying they're just driving at one point they're trying to find more information about it and then the next minute she's like oh look a Starbucks (laughs) what the
1: hell but I mean do you agree with me though that like I I think that's kind of authentic I mean I've my, my opinion of the regular average American has kind of dipped so low that I I believe that to be very, pretty authentic. Do right. you do you agree?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, yeah, to an extent, I think that's what it is, is. People just go back into their happy place.
1: They talk about it in. I think I said this last week. I'm not sure, but they talk about it in Fight Club, like how, like, like most people will go so far out of their way to avoid confrontation that that it's ridiculous. And there's there's another movie that I love. I'm a I'm a big horror movie. Guy. I'm a, I'm a big movie guy in general, but I, yeah, I like horror I movies. There's a movie that came out in. 2017 I think it's called the invitation that's that movie is so freaking good Um, but but it's another one of these movies that I I think the people in the movie and when they're in this situation and things start going south I believe their reactions to be a hundred percent authentic to what the real-life versions of those characters would actually do and actually say and people just go so far out of their way to to just become to not become but just to be willfully blissfully ignorant and bury their head in the sand and pretend like bad things aren't happening until they literally get hit in the face with it like and that that's that's what we saw in this movie and that's what that's what you see in that movie the invitation i highly recommend yeah um and, and you know how like just from like a movie making standpoint you know some movies like follow a a template you know there's the the template of a tragedy and the template of a comedy and you know and last week i made the analogy that uh in a lot of ways this movie reminded me of the blair witch project and watching this movie two more times so, and i really like how uh like point break and the first fast and furious movie are basically the exact same movie it's just one has surfboards and one has race cars like right. uh yeah like this movie is very similar in plot progression like to The Blair Witch Project and uh and it's it's a different subject matter but it follows the same kind of plot line I think but yeah. rewatching this movie everything I talked about last week that I said bugged me like now watching it twice more all of those things like bugged me even more but kind of like what you said a lot more detail jumped out of me and and some of the things i don't know what to make of it uh, you and i discussed via text right um right. like and, the, the
0: yeah and i and i want to circle back to that when we get to kind okay. of to the end of this because i think there is there there's a lot to kind of unpack with that um so after they get back from the beach is when they realize the wi-fi is not working um the TV is out. The daughter notices the deer. So those three things yep. happen. But they... Uh, oh, and and Julie Roberts' character, she's like, I'm trying to find stuff about the, the tanker. But again, Internet's out, TV's out. And then it's, okay, well, I'm just going to make dinner. And are you going to help? So making dinner and they're outside on the patio eating dinner and the sons putting broccoli in the young girls thing. And everybody is just kind of happy go lucky at that point. And the kids go to well, sleep.
1: So, t- two things around this, this point in the movie that, that jumped out at me watching this uh, for, you know, again is um, when they first figure out that the Wi-Fi and the TV and all that stuff is not working. And I, I mentioned last week and I, I, I caged it. In reference to how the kids are completely not self-sufficient and not independent young humans Um, but the girl asks the dad can he can he fix the tv can he reboot it can he go up on the roof or something and julia roberts says no nobody's going on the roof and it actually like that jumped out at me watching it again because at that point in in the situation going up on the roof would have been a perfect idea. Like that would have been one of the best ideas they could have done would be to go up on the roof and just observe and look at what's going on around them and listen and look and see. And, you know, right. Uh, but but I, so I,
0: yeah, but, but hold on. I, I, and I just want to check the timeline here. I don't think that was until the next day because the next morning the, the daughter wakes up sitting on Julia Roberts saying we have two problems. One, the TV is completely out. Um, and problem number two is that she can't watch thing and then that's when she that's when they come downstairs and notice that the TV went from blue to yep. snow. So to snow, yep. Right. So so that first day after they get okay, back, yep. yeah, after they get back You're from right. the beach, it's eleven fifteen PM when they're playing Jenga, drinking, and she notices a uh, a knock at the door and the reason I know that it's 11 15 p.m. is because first she notices the she's like hey did you hear that and he's just oblivious talking about doing something for work and then she says again and then they they cut to a uh, a picture of the clock like there was like either a wall clock or there was a, a grandfather clock but it was 11 15 p.m. Mm-hmm. so I noted that time again they walk to the door at some point he's like okay maybe just get your cell phone because, it, you know, like, all right, it's 11.15, he realizes something's a little wonky, grabs this decorative thing, but then instead of looking at the door, the window that he had to pass to get to the yeah. door, just opens it. Um, and then that whole exchange happens. And at, after the first knock, GH does communicate through the door. So there is communication. Yep. I noticed that too, yep. And so that's one of the points that I like about this movie is they they they're like, "Oh god, maybe this is bad." Then they kind of set your mind at ease, and then they're and they pull that right back. So they Well, pull they kind it. of
1: they walk the balance beam between making you think that GH uh, is maybe a villain, but like maybe but maybe not. Um, but but their part on that, and we talked about this last week, but but watching it again, I think everything that Clay, Ethan Hawke's character, I think everything he did was basically wrong. Right. And I think in terms of a stranger presenting yourself at somebody's front door in the middle of the night, everything that G.H. did was pretty spot on. Um, but they but they kind of play off of the kind of normal distrust that we have for each other as humans now that, right. you, that you need to have.
0: And and. It goes back to Julia Roberts opening statement about, yeah. you know, I know what the I, I, I see the world for what it is or whatever. And, and that's why she hates people. Um, so they get in the house and then obviously there's some back and forth communication. I'm, I'm sure the second time you notice the gun. That he yes. reaches yep. over, so you know he starts going through the and fumbling with the keys. So again, he's like, "Oh, they set you up." They say, "Oh, he, well, he's got the keys, so he's good." Then it's, "Oh, no, the keys aren't working," and then it's, "Oh, I should have labeled these keys." And,
1: yeah, my wife, my wife said I should have labeled right.
0: these. Yeah, and then obviously he he looks at the gun, doesn't grab grabs the grabs the thing of cash. Um. All great and again there's a lot of things that are kind of whether they're glossed over whether they're talked about for a reason about this you know they're at the symph- uh, the symphony or the you know the, they're at the okay I I don't know why they threw that in there, but you know there's some there's some mistrust based off of the communication going back and forth between mm-hmm. GH and Julie Roberts. Uh, they they step out, Right. And then they do Julie Roberts and Ethan Hawke's character. They step out to discuss this um, and then they come back and you're and he's like, I'm going to make a drink. And what I specifically noticed when he came back, he was he asked him, do you want this drink? And he was like, well, I haven't touched this one yet. So here you go. Right. So um, he sits down and then. I think either Ethan character, Ethan Hawke's character, or or Gh's or Gh says, "Do you want one?" And the first thing that Julius Robert says is, "Well, what's in it?" Mm-hmm. And before he can answer, Clay's like, "This is so good!" Like you know, just with this dorky smile so- and giggle, and I'm just like, "Dude!" And then they move right past it, like it never, like the drink thing obviously doesn't come back up.
1: But I wrote this down in my notes because this is actually something that's been bothering me like just kind of in my life the last (laughs) I don't know the last year year and a half or something because like I, I started to notice because it has I feel like it has had an impact on my personal life as well. There's this like common thread now that you see it everywhere you see it in TV shows. see it in car commercials the other night i went to the movies with my daughter and there was like a capital one commercial at the beginning of the movie and it's in this capital one commercial where like men like husbands are being portrayed all over like uh yeah like like i was about to say social media but like just it's everywhere like men are just being portrayed as like bumbling buffoons like in the capital one commercial it's like the the wife is like my husband would be lost if he, if it wasn't for me and he's like oh yep yeah, i i don't know how to do these numbers that's a good thing my wife told me to do the capital 1 app and you like and you see like in car commercials like men are just these these bumbling idiots that can't figure out how to get the thing into the back of the subaru or whatever like uh, and it's it's kind of like i said I, I feel like it's actually had a little bit of of impact on on my personal life as a as a single dude um that that's out in the dating world like i i kind of think women are being brainwashed with this idea that like men are these like bumbling complete idiots uh and and like they're <laughs> Like men are no, or very rarely are men portrayed as as right. masculine. Men are, are are portrayed as like these clueless idiots that would be lost if it if it wasn't for their wives. And like, right. I now, wrote. Now and we then, probably
0: have some women that are listening to this going, "Well, yeah, I mean, some of you are." And listen, I'm not going to say that there's probably not some of them that are 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 not, but you know, for the most part, I mean, that's not. It, it you're right. It's it's stereotypical
1: it has become stereotypical that, right. that yeah that and and like they and they kind of like throw it in your face like in the mood to me uh, over and over again in the movie like the the next morning when they wake up julia roberts is kind of trying to shake him out of his ignorant stupor and oh, like right. hey look yeah. I, I need you to do something like we right. need to figure this out and he's like you know yeah. what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna fix this for us yeah Right. I'm gonna go buy a newspaper. Like that's his answer. Like his exactly. his answer when he finally decides oh. to man up is I'm gonna go buy a newspaper. And, like and that's I, to me that just yeah because she it reinforces that right. yeah kind of that new negative stereotype that yeah. that's falling because on she's
0: end. still upset in his report. So yeah, but before we do that, the the last thing that happens in this part one is the TV goes from the blue screen of death, right, letting everybody know that it's a you know network emergency or emergency network. It, it, the blue screen with the uh, wah, wah thing um, to it, you get a brief glimpse of a news report from CNN, which again, I'm like, OK, why did they choose it? But um, it's funny. They they show you CNN, The New York Times, but there's no Fox News in it. So anyway, CNN and it basically it says that uh, that CNN reporting a cyber attack across the country. And they show you a picture of the United States with hotspots of Mm -hmm. big uh, or high threat to medium or no threat. Um, One of the Easter eggs in that little thing is a QR code. Uh, I was not able to get it. I was not able to scan it. But the QR code is somewhere over Pennsylvania, Ohio, and it's all about a, I think like an amusement park where a lot of things went kind of sideways. Not Action Park, which that's its own story. <laughs> but um, so I, I, I park. exactly. I tried to pause it and and scan the QR code. I could not. But I know that it's out there on the internet. And that's kind of the last thing. You get that little brief glimpse and then the TV goes to snow.
1: I, I was just going to jump in and quickly say like if, if anybody, uh, if you either haven't watched it yet or you've, you know, you've stupidly only watched it once and not three times. Um, there's several places in the movie. And it's like it's a cool thing that it, this is a Netflix release, like there's several places where um, if you if you can pause it just right, there's like some valuable stuff that can be uh, found by by like things like that, that they just kind of glass over. Yeah. If you pause it and really look at it, there's some really that you can glean some some good uh, Easter uh, not Easter egg, but so like more depth to the, to what's going on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then that, then the next day is when obviously they all wake up in the house. Now, Julie Roberts and Ethan Hawke's kids still have no idea about the people in the house. Um, and there is the whole, you know, uh, the TV is out, fix my stuff. I'm going to go to the store to get the newspaper. So the husband leaves the wife and the kids in this house with people that they don't 100% trust. Um GH's
1: is... And again, she says nobody goes on the roof when going on the oh, roof yeah. probably wouldn't have uh, been a great uh, idea.
0: Exactly. That's when she says, right. That that's when that whole thing happens about rabbit yeah. ears and um and I, I I gotta say that we've talked about it in the past. They were triggers to your survival plan. Right now there's in my mind, and I'd love to hear some feedback, there's two triggers that are clearly activated cell phones are down there's no communication right because what i noticed is they didn't try and call anybody so do they no. well n- nobody nobody i'm sorry when gh shows up at 11 15 they say we would have called but cell phones hmm. aren't working so the last time they showed anybody using their cell phone in a an actual phone scenario is her on the phone with somebody on the drive to the the house
1: right In in the scene where where they first come in in the middle of the night 11 15 p.m and they come in and they're he accesses the cabinet and all that stuff and uh she there is a quick little part where she looks at her phone and goes oh yeah i don't have service and so like again like there's a lot of these things in in movies that are used as like a vehicle or you know t- to get to the next plot point and you know back in the old days that it would have been the person picking up the phone and and going <laughs> on the little thing like <laughs> right, yeah but yep. we don't do that anymore because nobody has house phones anymore now right. every single time you pick up your cell phone whether you do it consciously or subliminally you look at your signal and you see like oh i only have one bar or two bars or five mm-hmm. bars or oh i'm connected to 5g or now it's on my iphone it's if SOS. I don't have service, it says SOS, right? Right. Um, so now I I think people just subconsciously do that. So they quickly made reference to it in that one scene where she goes, "Oh yeah, I don't have service," and so I think that's pretty realistic in today's day and age. Where I mean, you're not going to try to call somebody if you look at your phone and see that you don't have service because you know it's not going to work. Right.
0: So but, so the next morning, the first thing that they get we get introduced to is alerts on the phone from the CNN News, alerts, yep. news Time uh, that a a cyber attack has. Um, has happened. Um, it's CNN, New York Times, and then th- the last one, I believe, is either New York Times, but there is some gibberish, which I think the interwebs has classified as it was Russian. Um, so it's funny that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, again, that's what the interwebs is talking about. But basically, it says East Coast power failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes to show him the phone, and it's not there. And I want to... Come on. Well, right. I mean, it just... That doesn't... Like, I can't get notifications off my phone without doing, like, five steps. Right. So Exactly. But I want to... But I think that I'm going to lump that in the basket of what we're going to talk about at the end, some of those subtle things that you and I were talk, texting about last night. Yeah. Um, so... The daughter notices the... De- the so the one... Ethan Hawke's husband goes out to go buy a newspaper um, to solve the world's problems, which, you know, he's out there just acting normal. G.H.'s character goes to go to the neighbors and the kids are there with the wife and the daughter. Um, but going back to what I was saying before we got to this, in my mind, two triggers are activated and they're and they're pretty well connected to each other, right? You you have zero phone lines and you have no access to information, meaning the internet yep. is out.
1: Um And I think just quickly, I think it's a valid reminder that you don't have to go from zero to bug out. You don't have to go to zero to emergency plan like there needs to be and there should be several intermediate steps in there. Like I described them last week as like little touch points that you put in your plan. But and like one of those things being somebody showed up at the door unexpectedly. They have this story about a blackout and comms being down and all this other stuff. So your answer to that should not be everybody all go to sleep at once. Like, you know, one right. of those little touch points or one of those intermediate steps between zero and bug out or whatever, um, whatever your plan is, uh, is, OK, well, let's let's have somebody let's let's sleep in shifts right. and have somebody yeah. stay up and stand watch yeah. and watch. Yeah.
0: But there's a difference between blackout and. Internet out, phone out, right? A blackout's yeah. not yeah. going to cause the phones to go out now. The one thing that the the GH's daughter kept kind of uh, reminding everybody about or mentioning is the power plants. Yeah. Um, and I think at that point, I think it was the night before, but they talked about a power plant being attacked. We saw that. I mean, we, we saw not power plant being attacked, but there were what? There were in North Carolina. Wasn't there a, yep. a relay station yep. that was attacked? Um, yep. Yep. So that
1: was like majorly impactful like right. also like Exactly. Was, now,
0: yeah. I'm going to say this, it wasn't that impactful to a lot of Zert members down there because they had generators and they had they were prepared. But imagine um that. look at that. Imagine that. But anyway, so at this point people are and I I can't even say that Ethan Hawke's character activated his survival plan because they had these alerts and whatnot, because he was just like, I'm going to go out and get a newspaper. Like, I'm sorry. That's not part of my survival plan. If the shit goes sideways is to go get a newspaper. Um, Yeah.
1: And so one of the things uh, like we talked about last week, um, I I, I said that they were stuck in this mindset of if we just give it 15 more minutes, everything is going to go back to normal. And if we just you know what, let's everybody lay down and take a nap and we'll wake up. Everything's going to be back to normal. But I also noticed uh, I I didn't zero in on it as much the first time I watched it, but but rewatching it, I noticed that like Julia Roberts's mindset that it's also a dangerous mindset is she, in addition to that. She also has this like the grass is gonna be greener somewhere else. Like it, it instead of it's one of my favorite expressions in life is that you have to accept reality on reality's terms. Like where you're at is where you're at. And right. and like I heard a new one yesterday. It's by some famous philosopher. I didn't I didn't take note of who the quote was attributed to, but how you feel about your life right now is how you feel about your life. Like you you can't get sucked into this. Uh, if, if I just do this next thing, if I just buy this next thing, if I just start going to the gym next week, if I just and Julie Roberts, like keeps doing that, like if we j- you know what, we just need to go somewhere else. And the, the grass is not always going to be greener, like sometimes good enough is good enough. And if, if you have a good, safe place with some supplies and some right. manner of like physical security and there you're out, maybe you're not as far away from the city as you'd like to be, but for now this is safe. And uh, in, in uh, have you seen generation kill? The, the Lieutenant talks about that in right. generation kill. He's yeah. uh, that safety is relative. Like, yeah, we're in the middle of a combat zone and everybody else on earth thinks that this is the most dangerous place on earth. But right now I'm hiding behind this armored vehicle. So I'm safe. Right. You know, it's, it's, it.
0: Yeah. And, and so, well, the, and you bring, you bring up a couple of good points and, and I want to talk about their, their geographic location in, in, in a minute here. Um, but one of the things is that next day I think before all of the the people venture out GH's character because again the the daughter talks about a power plant GH's character mentions the love bug virus. Yeah. Yeah. That was real. Mm-hmm. That was real back in 2000. Yeah. Um And he's like, you know, they just found out it was just a couple of kids from the Philippines that that were doing this. But it crippled businesses. That's, we are a world connected, plugged in. Yeah. If you really start to peel back all the layers of this movie and what it was based on, it is a very, very scary thing. I am less worried about China and nukes than I am with what the ideology of this movie was about. I, I'm just yep. gonna say that. I am less worried about that. Um and 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 we'll we'll kind of tie that back together because I think the the last conversation that GH has in the movie is the most important thing to pay attention to, um, yeah,
1: absolutely, and it goes back to, you know, the the scariest thing about this whole situation, I think, is its authenticity. So yeah,
0: right. So a couple things I noticed is obviously Ethan Hawke's character is driving to the store. He has no idea where he's at. Um,
1: What's he wearing on his feet?
0: Uh, yeah, he's wearing uh, he's wearing sandals. Like I mean, fucking flip flops, bro. Like.
1: like- yeah. We're we're 12 hours into the end of the world, and you're still walking right. around in flip flops. Yeah,
0: flip flops, short, and a and a bowling shirt, whatever. But oh, yeah. you know. And by the way, he's he did not bring any. He didn't have a bat when he showed up. He grabbed some kind of makeshift weapon, and then when he decides to go out to the world that he is unsure of what's happening, does not bring anything with him except a pack of cigarettes. Um, yeah. So so yeah. So so there's no comms that are happening. He's driving around like like a nincompoop. Um, but, and, and I'm less concerned about his situation because that just, I think that just elaborates on his uselessness in the, in the film, but more about GHs. So what I first noticed is he goes to the neighbors who he's pretty sure are not going to be home, but he goes there for a reason, um, which is to get the satellite phone. Got it. He now has his firearm. Great. He grabs his phone and he pulls it up to check his wife because his wife at this point is yep. in the air flying back from Morocco or something. The the texts from the wife um, are prior to 11.15 p.m. The first mm-hmm. one that you can read is at 9.23, and he is at the symphony because he's talking about, I wish you can hear this, and then there's obviously, and all of them are not delivered, not delivered, not delivered. Right. Okay, so he sees this, he realizes, in my mind, he realizes he can't do much about this right now, so he needs to just work on the problem that he can, which is acquiring the sat phone.
1: Have you ever used the sat phone? I wrote that down in my... I have not,
0: I have not. But before he gets to the sat phone is what I want to talk about. Okay. I'm sorry, At this point, the only thing that's happened is a blackout. We do not know what G.H. and his daughter saw driving to Long Island. But the next time he goes to another location, he pulls up to the house and it is littered with things. Stuff. 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 Glass. the The front door is open, not locked. He steps on the carpet. It is loaded with water inexplicably right he calls out nobody there he moves through the house and he acquires a sat phone steps outside tries to use a sat phone nada no joy go ahead with the have you tried uh, to so i was it? just yes <laughs> I, that's I've, a perfect setup uh,
1: that was like when I was in Afghanistan, that was one of the pieces of gear that I was responsible for carrying every time we went outside the wire. We had sat phones and when I like now I'm a hovercraft pilot. So anytime we do a mission that we consider over the horizon, um, we have to carry a sat phone as a as a tertiary means of communications. And and so, yeah, I have quite a bit of experience with sat phones. And as a person that has quite a bit of experience with sat phones, sat phones are still an enormous pain in the ass to use. Like they, they are not, they're not, a satellite version of your cell phone They they are not user friendly you have to have an access code to even like unlock the phone itself once you unlock the phone you have to wait for it to establish communications with the satellite once it establishes communications you have to put in the uh, the pin number for your account because if you don't have an account like a billing account you if this if the cell phone or the satellite phone is fully functional and it has satellite connectivity and you're able to unlock it and it's charged You still cannot use it if you don't have the pin number for the billing account. And then once you have the pin number for the billing account, you punch that in, then it will tell you you have to dial. And then there's this whole like card. It's like a three by five card. And we like I always had it laminated because I always work around water. But because like it it says it's it's this whole like spreadsheet basically in this little card of what region of the world are you in? And what region of the world are you trying to call because both of those things and it's like if you're in the northern hemisphere western quadrant and you're trying to dial this when you have to use this method of dialing and and it's it's a major pain in the ass. So um, the, the fact that the sat phone didn't work for this guy is if you've ever used a satellite phone. I would bet even money that even if everything was working perfectly as it should, this guy would probably still not be able to use the sat phone. That's one of those Hollywood things, and I just thought I'd bring it up and throw it out there you because know, using a satellite phone is not as easy sure, as it looks and moves. But it, so.
0: but it, but it. I guess it raises a good question: um, Is a satellite phone something that an an everyday person can acquire, and yes. does it make sense to add it to? your kit
1: i would based on my experience i would say not
0: yeah okay so there you go
1: i would say that it they're they're very expensive uh the accounts are very expensive and i think it's one of those things where like you get billed whether you use it or not and then when you do use it you get billed even more because you used it and so it would like for the average person to buy a sat phone, get an account, and add it to your go bag on the off chance that you might use this thing sometime in the future would be a very, very costly endeavor. I mean, if you're if you're James Cameron, knock yourself out. Right. But, uh, if you're James Franks, probably not.
0: So, so <laughs> it, it lends itself to what's more effective and useful: ham radio, ham radio license, or a sat phone probably you're not you're not really comparing apples to apples but if you're if you're talking in the realm of comms when the when yeah. the cell phones go down ham radio is going to be your better shot 100 so, 100 so one of the other things the, the only thing to notice uh, or to note about ethan hawk's segment here is sure he comes across the lady the lady speaking in spanish we've identified what she says she's just rambling that she's lost um, and she's questioning what it is what's going on she re- she references the the drone dropping gas which we find out is just a, a drone i guess dropping flyers but the one thing that i, I want to notice or i want to note is that when he steps out of the car confused and and not knowing where he is there's one brief c- communication that comes across talking about the cyber attack has affected animal migration i don't Understand the validity, or I don't understand why. I mean, maybe it was just to to talk to make the the deer situation fit in all of this. But I don't know if that would have any real world. Yeah,
1: I, there's there's a couple of things that they. That they do in the movie like that where you have to and and i guess that's i guess that lends itself to the authenticity is 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 this misinformation are they deliberately saying something that's false because so many people will go oh all right well i guess that explains the hundred deer that i saw in my backyard yeah or is there some truth to it and not to go like too terminator on you but you know i i do think we have too quickly become too dependent on these electronic devices and um so maybe there is something that i don't know about there is some form of cyber attack that i'm not familiar with that could impact migratory patterns of animals yeah. I, like um i was just listening to i believe the daily wires uh, podcast a couple of days ago and they're like now uncovering that china has successfully um done cyber attacks over the last 2 or 3 years but they've broken their their cyber attacks have been focused on, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Municipal, uh, utilities. And they've been successful in, in, in hacking into like these, uh, you know, uh, it said the cyber attacks were focused on gaining login credentials of workers at places like power stations and, um, water, (laughs) water treatment plants and stuff like that. And it's so that, uh, a hacker can log into these computer systems, and it will look like it's a worker logging in. And so, anyway, I, I think my point is there's there's ramifications to these things that that are far beyond what I think the common person realizes. So that's either that radio broadcast was misinformation, like purpose purposeful misinformation or disinformation, uh, or number two, maybe there is maybe cyber attacks are now that impactful in some way that, that even like a person like me doesn't even realize. Got it.
0: Okay. So, so at this point, GH, to me, the most impactful thing literally happens, which should change the entire trajectory of what happens next. He walks out after get no joy on the sat phone he walks into the back because he hears something and there's a bunch of birds flying around notices the rest of the debris but whatever but for whatever reason the first thing that gets seen and focused on is the watch i can't blame him for that (laughs) well i mean i get it but he picked up the watch and fell right where he stood, and there was a dead body there. Like, how do you see the watch over the dead body? But that's the that's for the movie effect, right? Because the movie needed to happen. That's why. Um, so sees a watch in the sand, picks it up. It's attached to a severed arm, falls down, sees the pilot's dead body, then sees all of this debris behind the house.
1: Well, and, like, kind of like a trail of bodies, also. Yes, like, exactly. Yeah. There were
0: more than one dead body. Like, there was a lady still sitting in the chair, mm-hmm. uh, and the chair was upright on the beach. Sees the tail of the plane it, and the plane debris. Uh, debris. So, sees a plane destroyed, bodies everywhere, and then stands there for a second, and then literally sees another plane falling out of the sky he runs it crashes he runs into the back door of the house and the water and sand come up over the dune and blow out the windows of the house and i'm assuming that's how he got wet
1: right And that's, that also explains like why everything was wet when he first got there, like
0: inexplicably. Exactly. And, And just, I'm going to go back to the, um, the comment that the police officer made as they were leaving the beach. He said there was a report of these things running aground and it had to do with their, something with their navigation system. Yeah. Okay. So the, the plane falling out of the sky that's not really a navigation thing, right? That was one of the things that
1: I found when I was looking up online articles. It was like, well, if that if the plane was manufactured before this date, it's part of this series, and that couldn't really happen. And so I, I don't right. know.
0: So they don't really explain why the planes are falling out of the Correct. sky, but yeah. the plane falls out of the sky. If at this point your cell phone doesn't work, you can't get anybody on the internet. You check a sat phone; you have no satellite. And you're this guy who's gotten some information prior to all of this, and then two planes—one on the ground, another one at your feet—he goes back to the house, and his plan was just to to sit there.
1: Yeah, it's that's one of the things I brought up last week about how you know each person goes off on their own little separate excursions and nobody is coming back and sharing information to try to paint a, a complete picture, which is, that's a big mistake. Right Now, he didn't want
0: to, well, he okay. didn't want to share that information because he didn't yeah. want to upset his daughter. But remember, right. his yeah. daughter is literally sitting there telling Julia Roberts, like, I think this is bigger than that. You know, so she's aware, yeah. she's in the know. Um So at this point, he comes back And he explains the curve and he's talking about his line of work. And I don't think they ever really go into what his line of work is, but he talks about the curve um, and how if you monitor the market, you can see these trends and it almost helps you see the future. I am sure that there is probably a little bit of validity to that. I would say so. I think that there is probably a bunch of people in the finance world that can see trends, watch the curve, see the the the, the spikes and the and the dips in the market, and give you a, a snapshot of what's to come. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. No. I. I i think you need to be a lot more intelligent on that subject than i am but yeah i think that's true and and he also he references you're right it never really says what he does but he also references at one point uh for one of his clients uh part of of his job was uh analyzing the cost benefit analysis of military operations like kind of in terms of like this missile costed a million dollars and we fired this cruise missile but only killed two guys but you know this this little pill right that we could drop in their water supply this pill only costs 99 cents and we can kill the entire village and so like kind of like cost benefit analysis like that because that's when he breaks down that from like a financial standpoint almost from a, a foreign power you don't need to invest in aircraft carriers and F-35s and cruise missiles and atomic bombs. You can just create civil unrest, and that will do more damage than a nuclear weapon could do anyway. So right. he ties that into the cost-benefit analysis of military operations. And like you said, um, uh, fi- people on, on the financial side get, can do trend analysis and, and kind of be predictive in that way as well. Right.
0: So and, – and this is part two, and part two ends with – I initially thought it was just this extremely high-pitched noise, but it wasn't at first. There were like rumblings, like Mm -hmm. explosions happening. And I remember Julie Roberts' character freaking out, and then this noise happens, this high-pitched noise, and everybody covers, plugs their ears. Like they just cover their ears. Um, And then that's how, obviously, that's how... The curve ends and part three is the noise. And that's what it it picks up where, um, you know, Julie Roberts heads out to the woods. And and then I think it cuts to the kids out in the woods, because at this point, the two the two younger kids went to look for the deer. They ended up in that little shack out there. I don't know what the whole point of the story that the son su- that Archie told the 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 little girl about the guy laying yeah there, it never ties know, into anything. It never ties into anything, right? Um, yeah. But after they walk back, that's when we see that the kid Archie is bit by some kind of bug. He pulls the bug off. He's looking mm-hmm. for service to probably contact Taylor or whatever yeah. the girlfriend. So
1: I wanted to tell you, I've watched this movie three times now, and I have the this little part with the insect i have not seen it i i and, the, and when i watched it yesterday i was specifically like going forward going back po- pausing yeah it's skinning, li- I, like it's, I, yeah I, it's, I can i've not seen this because you mentioned it last week and i said i missed it and i yeah. I, I deliberately looked for it and still couldn't and I, and i'm gonna i guess I, i'm terrible and he actually a
0: references, references it at the end of the movie but um it's right when they're walking out, They it's a low camera shot, and they're looking at just ankles, and she's in front, and then he is, and then he reaches down, and he, he slaps his ankle, and he pulls something off, and she's looking at the city um, because she sees the flock of birds, and then obviously the noise happens, but so— so the at this point I wrote
1: down I wanted to make make a point of this at this point where we're talking about right now where this where we hear the, the noise for the first time this is roughly based on based on the clues that were given and and the the time stamps, this is roughly 12 hours into this whole situation like um it, it's it's roughly 24 hours since the tanker thing but since we meaning the viewer and and the family Right, um, has learned that there's that the tanker was not an isolated incident. And since we first heard of the blackout and all this stuff that it's only been 12 hours, like all this stuff has happened in 12 hours. And I only bring that up because uh, it is important because like things happen fast and things move fast. Like, right. And time is, is not necessarily a luxury that you have. And so that's why I wanted to bring up that at this point, we're really only roughly 12 hours into this bad situation. That's yeah. Unfolded.
0: So, uh- So at this point, um, they are um, – everyone's back at the house. Archie comes back to the house. Um, They're sitting there – I'm sorry, uh, Clay comes back to the house. And Archie actually says his head feels weird after saying – so this is after the sound. He's like, my head feels weird. And he said, and he says, I should have covered my ears sooner. My head feels really weird. And the mm-hmm. the GHS daughter says something about about it, and then they kind of um, they they move on. That's when Clay comes back. He's freaking out um, about the the drone thing dropping the the paper words or the papers. And at this point is what you just referred to earlier is when the family decides to leave, and. That's when GH Just is because. G, exactly, GH is like and she's like yeah, we're going to be better in New Jersey. GH is like you have to drive through the city to get through New Jersey. Like you're making a bad choice here. Right. They do it anyway. Um the daughter notices the sirens and then nobody talks about those sirens again. When we have a siren in the town that I grew up in and it used to go off every Day at noon, they would test the siren. I mean, you knew to hear it at noon, but if it was not noon and you were hearing that, there's probably a reason. This girl, she was like, No, I can't nap because of the sirens. And they just completely glossed over that. Okay. Okay. After everything that just happened, we're not going to just kind of peel that back a little bit to be like, Well, what do you mean the sirens? Stop the car, open the window. And then you get to this convoy of white Teslas that are destroyed and you still do nothing. You just, I'm going to go look at it. I was just like, okay, obviously, you know, what happened there were all of these self-driving capable vehicles were used as a blockade to block off Long Island from from people leaving Long Island. They don't really explain why. They don't they don't really go into what the purpose of that would be, but as they pull that shot out, they show you that there is yeah, exactly, sideways and then there is a bunch of other cars on another highway and they've basically yeah, so- this
1: is a great this is one of those great spots to pause it because there is a lot to unpack. And if you don't pause it, it's that shot is probably less than one Mississippi. I mean, it's probably less than a second. Right. If you catch it and pause it, there is a lot of good stuff in that little image. And it, and yeah, so it's, it's like a it's almost like a drone shot pulling back, but it turns sideways. And so you have to pause the TV and then turn your head sideways to look at it. But there's there's a lot going on in that little image.
0: But right. Yeah. So. Um, and you know we're 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 over the hour mark here, and and there's still so much to talk about. But <laughs> what I what, I guess what I want to kind of do is as, as we wrap this up, what happens the rest of it is obviously the family comes back, and then um, they you break off into two different groups of of things happening. Um, the the husband and the daughter are out sitting by a fire smoking pot uh you know just having kind of everyday conversation ish then to a little bit more and uh, about the situation which gets interrupted by a bunch of flamingos landing in a pool in long island julie roberts character and gh uh and I keep saying GH because I don't know how to pronounce that dude's name, but they go and they have a conversation that turns sideways and then they go to move past that by putting on music and dancing and then engage in an embrace that questions their marriage and loyalty to their spouse. So it is what it is at that point. Um, There is a, there is a little scene between the, the young daughter and the brother where, the brother's in bed coughing. So he's coughing. He wakes up <coughs> coughing. Uh, she's asking about friends. He's like, Yeah, worry about something else. Um I believe at some and point And he was
1: sorry, he was jerking the gherkin too, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That was another thing. Yeah, where he was That's looking kinda, at yeah, pictures. Of, a, right. Yeah. So and then at some that point odd. Yeah. Af- after that dancing, after the the flamingos, the noise happens again, which is what drives the family of four to sleep in one bed and the other family to continue to sleep in the basement. During the family of fours going to sleep situation, um, Archie, the son is asleep and the wife uh, recognizes that he is hot or warm. The father is asleep and the young daughter is sitting there telling the story about the flood. And, you know, it is what it is. All right. So the next day wakes up. Oh God. The, um, ding, uh, time's up, uh, the, the teeth falling out situation. And this is where they're sitting on the on the couch after Archie pulls out his teeth and he says I got bit by a bug and if you remember GH's character says, "Oh, well that could be what it is, tick, Lyme disease." Now, that's not that's yeah. not the case at all. And and where I want to kind of wrap this up is the two husbands and the son go to get help while the two women go to try and find the younger daughter. They go to Kevin Bacon's character's house where he is a prepared individual. You can tell he's got rain collection. He's got solar. He's got cameras. Um, he does everything right when they knock on the door. He open. He looks through the window with a shotgun. They do show you a daughter upstairs so you know that he is a father. He is protecting somebody, we, we assume, and it's not somebody that he's kidnapped, but... Um, he looks through the window, communicates through the window, tells them to get off his porch, steps out with a shotgun, provides, creates some distance, and then the conversation happens. And he's like, you know, yeah, we're not friends. You're, you're, you're thinking the old way here. Things yeah. are changed. And there's a lot that happens there, right? I mean, there's a lot of animosity. There's a lot of people questioning or there's a lot of things being questioned, being talked about. At the end of the day, and you brought it up last week, where Ethan Hawke's character steps in front of the two of them, drawing down on each other. And he basically says, I'm a useless man without my GPS and blah, blah, blah. Um, And they end up trading cash for medicine. And what's funny is Ethan Hawke's character was like, I have cash. And the guy's like, well, cash isn't going to be worth anything. And he's like, well, there's no Venmo. There's no Apple Pay. And he kind of realizes that well maybe cash is worth something, um, monetary. Yeah, I mean maybe. money money in that situation it may, it may not be good in digital or hard currency. Who knows? Um. Anyway, it's de escalated. He takes the thousand dollars, gets some blue pills, could be Viagra, could be penicillin. They don't really tell you.
1: Uh, now, I think they're um I think those are actually uh, I should know this being in the military but there's uh there's pills that you can take for radiation sickness and I think that's what he gave him. Okay. Uh, and also like to me I they didn't make it if they were trying to make this inference, they didn't make it obvious enough, but, like, to me, like, the, you see the kid has, like, really dark, like, bags under his eyes right. at this point, yep. and to me, his face also looked like it was, like, sunburned, like, radiation burn, but I, but they didn't make it obvious enough that I'm sure about that
0: one. Right, and the but only... That's what,
1: but I think the pills they gave him were for um, radiation sickness. Treatment. Okay, and... I forget what they're called.
0: Right, and they talk about that. He talks about... Kevin Bacon's character talks about that. The only thing that doesn't compute there is they all experienced the same thing. And if you watch it, everyone went like this and immediately covered it. And he maybe didn't cover his ears for five seconds, but he yeah. covered his ears. Um. So what happens next is Kevin Bacon's character says something. Then they get, they get back in the car and GH comes to a realization based on everything that has happened and that he knows up until this point. And I think it is the most important part of the film for me. (laughs) I, I actually recorded it um, and I I was going to recite it, but I'm just going to summarize it. But basically this is when he talks about his, I think he talks about that client, and he talks about one model that was it the was it the government or the military but he talks about a model to basically decivilize a country
1: it's a three-tiered model three-tiered model,
0: model yeah. to decivilize any country and it starts within and it starts with communication
1: well he, he calls it isolation
0: isolation Right,
1: and and the way to isolate is to cut off communication, cut off communication,
0: and right, and and movement. Um, the second part is to basically create chaos, confusion, yeah. chaos, and they and they flash back to the scene where they're, you know, on the ground and the the noise is happening, um, and then the third is what he calls the coup de gras, and it's basically civil war. And it was proven to just completely destroy a country from within without anybody else doing it. And I think that's what he basically says, is the next part is they leave it up to us. Yeah, we all turn on each other. We all turn on each other. Um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody. But, I mean, what's... I don't know. What's a little bit unnerving to that is we saw a glimpse of that. We saw a glimpse of that three years ago. Yep. Right. Yep. You're you're seeing a little bit of a glimpse of that right now with what's happening in Israel and, and, you know, with, with Hamas and how that's spilling over to here, um, I mean, that's a little bit, that's a little bit freaky right there, you know?
1: Well, yeah, because the key to, um, uh, unrest and chaos is you've already got isolation. Then you've, then you've got fear, then you have to have division and then the, the divided sides turn in on each other. And and then, then you have like complete collapse and that's, that's at least that part we're already there this this country is already extremely polarized and divided
0: right so that's where it's when i when i said before the threat of a nuclear attack from china is less concerning to me than this situation um I, yeah. imagine tomorrow facebook goes down oh my god the people are going to lose their mind and then the next day oh no more instagram up and no more twitter right you know and what's horrible about that is for for us for for our Zert members i mean we communicate through that Uh, and there's a lot of information that gets passed along there we go back to why ham important ham radio is important but folks I, I want everybody, if you haven't watched that movie by now, you've you've heard enough about it through these two shows to go and watch it and 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 just think about that. Now, all of this could be fake in a dream. That entire movie could be a dream. And where I'm gonna go with that is exactly what I texted you about last night and what I said we were gonna circle back around to. So when you The cinematography on this movie is awesome, and when you, when Julia Roberts is walking around this house, it's just beautiful architecture. And she goes up, and and the first thing you see is in this living room, and you see this giant wall print. And I would say that it's probably, I don't know, eight feet by ten feet on this wall, and it's a black and white tapestry. Yeah, big tapestry, black and white. Um with like, modern abstract is what I would call it. There you go. Yep. Then she goes up into the bedroom and again, beautiful bedroom, minimalistic with just a bed and like end tables, and the entire accent wall behind the bed is a ocean scene, a calm ocean. Surface of the ocean. That's in part one of the house. Yep. Part two. Which is after the knock on the door, the the tanker going sideways, the comms being down. You wake up the next day, and the opening shot is Kevin B- or uh, is Ethan Hawke and Julie Roberts' character in bed, and as they pull back, the ocean scene is now changed. Mm-hmm. It's a rough ocean. You go rougher. Down, rougher ocean, correct. You go it's downstairs... again, it gets rougher. Right. You go downstairs, and the first scene, again, is a pulled-back shot of Ethan Hawke's character standing in front of the TV, and you look at the tapestry, and that has changed. It is no longer yeah, so what it was.
1: After you brought that to my attention, um, you know, in the movie, there's part one, part two, part three, part four. Um, the, the surface of the ocean uh accent wall it only changes like it's in part one it's one way part two part three part four the it gets progressively the the image of the surface of the ocean gets progressively worse and the waves get bigger and bigger and bigger um so that's that's progressive and you know and and logical and and ties into the plot that the thing in the living room the best that i could tell I stopped counting because I, I eventually just realized that every time they show it, it's different. So it, it it didn't change. It's not like one thing in part one and one thing in part two. It's every single time they they show it, it's different. And, See, and yeah. that's the part where, like, I guess I'm not smart enough to understand what to make of that other than you're just supposed to know that it keeps changing. Well, right? because okay. it doesn't. So two things. It's not I'll, really an image of anything. Right.
0: So two things I'll tie it here to. And then, you know, and then we can leave the viewers with some, some thought provoking questions here or, or thought provoking, uh, ideas. Um, I only noticed it change three times, which at some point.
1: Oh, I changed way more than that.
0: Okay. So I noticed it only three times, but uh, I guess it changed more. So. Could this entire thing be a dream sequence? Um, maybe it could be. Uh, what was what I noticed that it was a black and white. Which, if the, and again, I'm I'm curious to hear what other people saw. But it's like a Rorschach, right? I mean, yeah. When you look at a Rorschach, it's just images, ink blots, and you decipher yep. what it is. And they and right. there's there's changing. Um, so. Uh, there will probably be some after, uh, after show research on Rorschach's and, uh, what that all means and who knows if that is connected to it, but folks, it could all just be a dream. Um, and, but who knows, uh, there are a lot of things that I took away from this film. It was definitely a great film. I've definitely recommended it to other people. Um, if you if you don't want to watch it because two of the executive producers are people you may not like, great. I mean the it is what it is. It was well done. There's a lot you can take away that and you can store for later on it. Uh, what I find interesting is they leave it with the coup de grace, Civil war, right?
1: or not or, or not some, some type of war some yeah. type
0: of war um and then what i find hilarious is there is a movie coming out in 2024 2024 called Civil War and it's exactly what they alluded to in this movie the state yeah. of texas and california create basically uh, their own civilization here or whatever uh and that's what it's all about uh which is weird, Texas and California um, does not make sense, maybe just size-wise. But at the end of the day, I'm curious to see what that movie is all about. Um, but, yeah, guys, that's that's our take, or that's my take on this. I, I, yeah. you know, I, I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed talking about it. Um, I enjoyed taking some pieces away as a survivalist and figuring out that comms and i mean comms in general internet and phone down and then a couple other things weird happen we're we're making a we're calling an audible on our weekend away at the at the hamptons
1: yeah, and the the first three letters of prepping or preparation is pre pre so like right. you you gotta front load some stuff you gotta You know, we like you said, we communicate via Facebook and Instagram and stuff because it's convenient because we can because it's very accessible. But uh, to go and get a ham radio and a ham license and construct some, you know, an antenna that that takes a little bit of you got to burn some calories to do that stuff. But but you need to do it ahead of time. You got to do it before you need it. You got to buy ammo before you need it. You got to buy a gun before you need a gun. Right. Um, So, you know. A a couple of the other takeaways are, are things that we've talked about there are things that you can use your cell phone for when there is no service when when there is no connectivity you there's a feature of google maps that i think most people don't know about where you can download the map sets to your phone and it's stored on your phone locally so you don't have to have internet access or wi-fi to access the maps you can't use gps also your phone doesn't actually have a gps receiver when you when you pull up Google Maps, for example, and it shows you where you are, that's a visual representation of your bearing and range from the nearest cell phone tower. Now, I don't know enough about I know enough about it to know that your phone doesn't actually have GPS. People just call it that because that's, that's a, a common use term that people understand, global positioning system. It, it is what you think is GPS on your phone is showing you where you are, but it's not actually using Satellite triangulation, which right. is truly what GPS is. Your phone doesn't actually have a GPS antenna on it. Yeah, um, but I I don't know enough to know that if the communication network is down, will that function still work? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I would I would kind of think not, but it would still be a useful thing to preload maps. You know, hard download map sets to your phone. You can use them when the phone's offline. Um, we've talked about how we talked about the bug out vehicle episode. Um, one of your best bug out vehicle options is like a dirt bike. And when, when the, right. when they do that big pulled back shot and they show all the gridlock on the freeways and stuff, well, if you had a dirt bike, you could go Get right through, through it. Yeah. You know, so there's um, lots of stuff that we've, that we've yeah. already covered, um, and, that is valid here, exactly. and the, you know, right. the painting that keeps changing in the living room, like. the reason I know that it changed so many times because it was a Rorschach. And so like the first time they showed it, it looked like big boobs to me. And then the second time (laughs) they showed it, I saw small boobs. And then the third time it was medium sized boobs. And then the next time it was fake boobs. And so uh, so you can take what what you want from that Rorschach. But yeah, uh, lots of good stuff to unpack. I think the, the dream sequence thing, I think, is a little bit too easy. Like I'm a huge Sopranos fan. And some people have tried to claim that after the Sopranos finale, that the entire series
0: no, well, no. Was a dream
1: that. sequence.
0: Right. I, and that, yeah. it, but that's. I mean, yeah, you know, there's there, whether it was just for visual uh, representation or whether they wanted the people to catch it, it is what it is. One of the things that I would, I would recommend to everybody, um, because you never know when you're going to lose connectivity, GPS or whatnot, and it could have changed the course of a lot of things is if... Clay Ethan Hawke's character had an atlas in his vehicle when he left to go get a newspaper. A lot have a lot of information could have been acquired and things could have decisions different decisions could have been made at that point. Uh, Granted, everything went sideways after that, but remember, he went one way, he turned around, he went the other way, he turned around, he went back the other way, which. If you think about it, if you're going in a street and they show you, and he's not driving for that long, but again, pick up an Atlas, get a little analog in your life. Okay.
1: Cheap insurance. (laughs)
0: Exactly. All right, guys. Well, listen, we appreciate you spending another 90 minutes with us here. Uh, Dessert (laughs) Coffee and Chaos podcast is, is, is one of my favorite things. Um, we are wrapping the, the obviously the year up here at Zert with HQ we have some exciting things happening next year there's even more exciting things that are happening that i i can't get into too much but keep an eye out on the on the social media pages the XP001 remastered figure is up for pre-order on black ops toys if you have not done that and you're interested and you missed the first one get out there pick that up because the first 300 when they sell out will activate a new line of those things and you never know who will get a character so until next time folks you stay safe don't be a resupply jamie
1: hey by the by the next time we record an episode uh, santa will have come and left uh me a lump of coal and so uh we you know maybe we can unpack that uh in the next episode but until then uh have a merry christmas and uh it's easy to be hard and it's hard to be smart all right
0: merry christmas y'all see ya all right
1: there is so much in this movie man it's great like it's